Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero and Sean Starr. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. The Sick Podcast welcomes you to another edition of the Hot Five NFL Week Six edition. I'm Sean Starr with Tony Marinaro. Tony, are you ready? Have you uh, reflected enough in the aftermath of another exciting Week Six? Sean, the last time we talked, I told you I'm always ready. Bring it on, man. Bring it yeah. on. Uh, massive dysfunction in Dallas. Let's begin there. Uh, reaction already this afternoon as the Dallas Cowboys slip to two and four. It looks like Mike McCarthy has a mutiny on his hands with now outspoken members of the Dallas Cowboys saying these guys don't know what the hell they're doing, completely dysfunctional, completely unprepared, Dak Prescott or not, we're not prepared to win games. Let's talk about subject number one. Let's go to Jerry Jones' decision to hire Mike McCarthy. Was it the right decision, knowing what we know today? Sean, the coaches have lost the room after a half a season. Obviously, it was the wrong decision. What's going on right now is a coach's nightmare. When you start having players leaking to a member of the media, and in this case to Jane Slater, when you start having them tell you the coaches don't know what they're doing, they don't know how to make adjustments, they're completely unprepared, another saying they're just not very good at their jobs, this is bad. Yeah, it's awful. It really is. And when you look at what's happened here in the aftermath of Jason Garrett being finally turfed after so many years. This is completely on Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones completely fumbled this situation altogether. Let's not talk anything other than what he did and completely destroyed uh, what happened with the Dallas Cowboys. Essentially, Tony, Jerry Jones always wants a yes man. It goes all the way back to Jimmy Johnson, to Barry Switzer, anybody that gets a little too much notoriety, anybody that gets a little too much publicity beyond Jerry's grasp is going to upset this guy. And so he brings in Mike McCarthy. When was the last time you heard anybody in the NFL, anybody on any panel show at any time, talk about, you know what, guys, maybe this team needs Mike McCarthy. Maybe this team should go and hire Mike McCarthy. How come he's unemployed for so long? You know why? Because nobody cares about Mike McCarthy. The guy's a dinosaur. He completely has allowed football to pass him by. So what did Jerry Jones do? He went out, he got someone of a name, got a yes man, and now the Cowboys are 2-4 and four, and their season is imploding. You know, he has been for the longest time one of the most hands-on owners in all of professional sports that he wants to say on what's going on and stuff like that, on who's getting hired, on who the coaches are, who's sticking around, who he keeps, who he lets go, and all that stuff. They haven't had success in the longest time. So I don't understand how at one point he just can't step aside to say, let me hire some people who are going to be in charge of making those very key decisions. And you know what? The onus has been on this organization's quarterback for the longest time. And now we're realizing with that shellacking that they took yesterday that Dak Prescott was not and is not the problem with the Dallas Cowboys. Their problems are a lot deeper than this. They're a lot deeper than their quarterback. No doubt about that. We can even look at offensive line issues they've had in Dallas and how that's kind of uh, made them into a fool's gold element. But we can really spend the entire time here on the Hot Five, on the Sick Podcast, which, by the way, you can follow on all your social media platforms, listen to wherever podcasts uh, can be found. We can spend an eternity talking about the Dallas Cowboys' dysfunction. Hot topic number two. Can you believe it? The Miami Dolphins, Tony, are on a two-game winning streak, and it's Tua time. Is now the right time for Tua? 
Listen, his time was going to be eventually. We knew that, right? Fitzpatrick was not going to be the quarterback of the future. It was just a matter of time that he was going to go out and Tua was going to come in. Now, the timing of the situation coming off a couple of Miami wins and coming off of Fitzpatrick playing relatively well and throwing for deep yards, his uh, his completion ratio, I think, is probably the best it's been in his career. He has an average Dolphins team at 500. It's really, really odd. It just leads me to believe Look, the Dolphins were supposed to have their bye week, I think, in week 11. Because of the COVID situation, it got changed. It ends up in week seven. I just happened to think that the whole situation was mapped out from the very beginning. They knew they were going to go to Tua. They were waiting for him to get completely healthy. They were waiting for him to learn the system. I think they were going to go with him in week 11. It was mapped out. Because this whole thing got changed, they're on a bye week in week seven. He has a couple of weeks to prepare. So for me, it's a premeditated decision. It might be. You know what I really think influenced this decision? Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers and what's happened there. Watching the uh, debacle with what happened with Tyrod Taylor and that bizarre, fluke, bad miracle of a medical malpractice. And now they see what's happening with Justin Herbert, who, by the way, was, what, the third quarterback chosen in that draft, right? Watching Tua Tagovailoa go ahead of him. Justin Herbert starting now for the Chargers. I think the Miami Dolphins, who surprised some people, I yeah. think they have a defense they've moved to 500 why watching ryan fitzpatrick do his thing for the last couple of weeks and the grass is always greener on the other side it is for you even though you have a, a palatial estate in beautiful downtown lasalle you look at your neighbor and say i want what my neighbor has my neighbor has beautiful things i want that too i want a new shiny quarterback i want the face of my franchise because that's what it is to attack is the face and going to be the future star of the miami dolphins organization but well Ryan Fitzpatrick went to San Francisco two weeks ago, Tony, put up 43 points on the road, defending NFC champions, and now he's benched two weeks later at a 3-3 and team when the division is still up for grabs. I think it's a complete misstep on the Miami Dolphins, whether you're right, whether it was calculated or not. I think it's the wrong decision. It is the wrong decision, but once again, look, if Tua um, plays to his potential, at that point, we're going to say it was not the wrong. Listen, on paper, it doesn't look like it's the right time to make it, but this kid has star power. This kid has the X factor. You could talk about Fitzpatrick beating San Francisco all you want. He doesn't have that X factor. He doesn't sell. They want to attract, you know, they 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 want they want to make noise, the Dolphins do with their fans. It's not the right decision at this time. I'll agree with you here. Yeah. What sells? Wins? Notoriety? Respectability? I mean, how would you feel if you were a defensive player on the Miami Dolphins? You're on a two-game winning streak, and now you're going into somewhat of an unknown and you have the meat of your schedule coming up, and you're, and you're throwing it at the feet of a rookie, unproven quarterback when you have, obviously, a grizzled veteran in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know who he is. I know yeah. he's well past his prime. But you're winning football, and now you might not win anymore. I don't know. I, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. They, they could have chose a weaker opponent. What they're doing is they're trying to fast-track a potential superstar in the league. No doubt. The burning five. Yeah. Ask Tony Marinaro, Sean Starr. Let's move on. Question number three. The New England Patriots at two and three. They get beat by Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos Sunday in week six. I don't know what's going on with Bill Belichick. I think I know what's going on with Cam Newton. But are we seeing what's happening without Tom Brady? Was the true genius Tom Brady after all? Sean, I'm not going to take away from Belichick's genius, but every good coach needs a great quarterback. And every great quarterback needs a good coach. But if you had to choose between one or the other, talent is talent. A quarterback, I think, can greater impact the end result of a game. Look, there's no doubt that – look, Belichick 
when Tom Brady was his quarterback, you just got the feeling that they were going to win every game. You got the feeling they were going to win in the playoffs. Now you look at that team, and obviously they've lost other pieces as well, and Gronkowski's gone and all that stuff. But you look at that team and you look at Belichick behind the bench on the sidelines, they don't have the same aura. And, and that aura that's missing is the aura of Tom Brady. So for a lot of people, for a lot of, you know, for a long time, people were wondering, was it Belichick made Brady? Was it Brady made Belichick? Or was it both? We don't have all the answers right now. But I think the one answer that we do have is that Belichick misses Brady more than Brady misses Belichick. I think I could agree with that. But yet I'm not quick to dismiss Bill Belichick. This guy has... He's the coach of a generation. We know that. And if anyone deserves the benefit of your doubt, of my doubt, of anyone's doubt, it's this guy. The fact that they lost 10 regulars from their lineup, the fact that Cam Newton's had COVID, hasn't had the chance to practice, the fact that their offense wasn't really good last year, that it's not that much better, or maybe in the minds of some worse than it was a year ago, I think all of that lends to the team being two and three. But I'm going to fully expect Bill Belichick and company uh, to make the playoffs, first of all. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? They're in a really bad division with the exception of the Bills. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the Dolphins will be under 500 by the end of the year. I expect the the, uh, the Patriots to get in as a wild card. And we won't talk about your uh, New York Jets, by the way. It's not my New York Jets anymore. I gave up on them a long time ago. They're a bunch of losers. I'm a winner. I don't associate with losers. When did you give up on them? Like week two or something. Oh, that's cool. Officially. What are you, 46 years old, changing sports teams? That's super cool. I have no uh, change sports teams. I, I stick to NFL red zone now, and I cheer for everyone in the red zone. NFL red zone is like watching football on crack. It's just touchdown, yeah. big packs, and, and interceptions. It's the best. I agree. And I'm 47, not 46, albeit I look 37. Amen, brother. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers suffered a what would uh, we could mildly call a humiliating loss at the hands of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in week six. Aaron Rodgers' reputation and legacy. This guy is all-world, all-talent. But for whatever reason, when it comes to the big game, and I know he's won the big game, and I know he's a Super Bowl champion and a two-time MVP, but for whatever reason, his reputation is a guy that can't win the big game, and here he is again yeah. losing the game against, against Tom Brady. How are you looking at, at Aaron Rodgers' reputation and legacy at this point in his career? You know, in professional sports, a lot of people like to throw the C word around, the choker word. And in my opinion, you can't call someone a choker after they won a championship. A choker is is something that goes to somebody who's never won a championship. Now, a guy who wins a championship can choke in a big game. That doesn't necessarily make him a choker. That just makes him someone who chokes in a big game. I think more often than not, he does not rise to the occasion, and he chokes in a big game. This was a perfect opportunity for him to beat a much older Brady who just joined the new team and he failed miserably. You know what this was for me? You know what ultimately this was for me? This was a perfect example of Aaron Rodgers will never be Tom Brady. Brady wins the big game. Brady shows up when it matters. Brady closes. Coffee is for closers. Aaron Rodgers, go sip on some tea. You're second class to Tom Brady. Sunday proved it. Sorry. That's Sean- how I feel very comfortable in saying you'll never see another Tom Brady again. As good as Patrick Mahomes is and has been early on in his career and won a Super Bowl, he's the only guy that I think can change this narrative. But other than that, Sean, athletes like this, they're born every hundred years. 
You're watching Patrick Mahomes. He's an MVP and a Super Bowl champion. Ooh. Yes. He Ooh. still has to do it five more times. Big stage. He still, he still has to do it five more times and do it the way Brady did. Notably, okay. leading a team from a 28-point to three deficit. Listen, athletes like Michael Jordan, athletes like LeBron James, athletes like Tom Brady, sports radio hosts like me, they come, ar- they come around every 50 years. Okay. I'll sit down. No, come on, Z. Let's relax for a second. Uh, let's wrap it up here, Tony. We have, to hurts, baby. we have to move fast, big guy. Are you ready? Yeah. The Tennessee Titans are 5-0. Are we buying into the hype? Are they for real? 12-3. Uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill's records is joining the Tennessee Titans. In my opinion, um, the best coach in football right now, someone who learned from Belichick but has been able to adjust and come with the times, in Vrabel, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he has them firing on all cylinders. And Derrick Henry, besides Pat Mahomes, if I could tell you, you could have any player in the National Football League. If Henry yep. is at number two, I bet you he's very close to it. Oh, he's very close to it. Um, I don't know how you could sit there with a straight face and honestly say Mike Vrabel is the best coach in football. How can you say that? Andy Reid is the defending Super Bowl champion. He's been in the league I- for 50 50- I understand you. Okay, so we can have a debate that he's the second best coach in football. Look at what he did with that football team last year. Look at what he's done with Tannehill. Look at what he's done with the offense. Look at what he did in the playoffs. And they're 5-0 this season. And right now, today, today, the Tennessee Titans are the best team in football. Ryan Tannehill is 19th in the league in passing. Derrick Henry is the league's leading rusher and probably the front runner for MVP. The Tennessee Titans are a very good football team. I would say they're probably the second best team in the NFL today with an argument to be made for the Seattle Seahawks. But I'll give Titans fans their due respect. And by the way, Sandy Cavallaro is the producer of this podcast. He's going to kick my ass if I don't say that. So uh, that's why I said that. Tony, it's been a pleasure. Make sure you tune into the Sick Podcast. Follow us. Share the page on your Facebook, on your your Instagram. Tony, you share it. I'll share it. We'll see you later. I'm going to share it because this podcast is sick. See you, bud. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next week. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. 